Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 East Village. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at c3ev.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 East Village. Hey guys, what's going on? Apparently only Lyndon has got something going on right now, (laughs) and it's not much. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for the warm welcome, Brad, Shelby, uh, two of our dearest friends. Like, we wouldn't be in the church in the way that we're in the church now if it wasn't for you two, so I just, I love you both so much. These two are incredible. Come on, give a hand to Brad and Shelby. You don't know how good you've got it having them here. And how about Britt and Stephen there away in Australia? Pastor Britt and Stephen suffering for Jesus in Australia. It's terrible there, apparently. You know, sunny weather, nice shorts and beach time. No, they're, they're you know, they're getting poured into and they're, they're learning. And it's so cool that they're gone because if they didn't go, then I couldn't come. Right? It's so good. We're starting a new series uh, yeah, so Britt, Steve, hey, love you guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. There you go. Shout out. Um, we're starting a new series, uh, The Holy Spirit. Or it's, it's all about the supernatural, right? And I love it. I love the Holy Spirit. I love the supernatural. And I'm excited to share with you a message. It's kind of like an introduction, being that this is the first one. So some of you are very familiar with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's cool. That's why it's an intro message. Maybe I should just, yeah, I'm Matt. Hi. Hi. This is my wife, Brittany. Hey, babe. Uh, She's amazing. Our son, Jake, 10 months, almost 10 months old, hey, in kids' church. She's crying because she just put him in kids' church for the first time, which is really cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, we we oversee the youth and young adult ministries for C3 Calgary. And uh, anyways, we're really privileged to be here, part of this team. We just love this church. It's been a while since we've been here. Um, Jake's bedtime is like 6.37, and when we started getting some sleep, you know, and, and a routine, we were like, I guess we just, we can't come to East Village for a while because we need some sleep, you know what I mean? Amen. Who's got kids? Amen. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Lyndon knows, everybody, yeah, y'all know, it's all good. Uh, so yeah, we're talking about the supernatural tonight, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and, uh, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is very misunderstood, depending on what denomination you might have come from, or if you've never been in church before, super awesome that you're here tonight. Wherever your background is, I feel like the Holy Spirit is very misunderstood. But I do feel like in this world, in our, you know, postmodern Western world, you know, people are very skeptical about church. They're very skeptical about the Holy Spirit. They're very skeptical about supernatural things in the church context. But when it comes to every other context, they're so ready to believe in aliens, Bigfoot, El Chupacabra. Who knows what that is? Nope. Okay, there's two. Yes, three. Perfect El Chupacabra. Anyways, all that kind of stuff. Ghosts, like people are hungry for the supernatural. Have you ever noticed this? Like every other movie that comes out deals with the supernatural in some way. Every other TV show. And we're just like consuming this stuff at like record speed. That's why it gets produced so much. Like whether it's books or video games or whatever, people just want 
a supernatural experience. They're hungry for it. And it's this weird dichotomy because all of that stuff is counterfeit to what the church offers, to what God offers, this real supernatural experience. And so I think it's really cool that as followers of Jesus, as we step into what it means to walk with Jesus and walk with the Holy Spirit, the supernatural actually becomes natural. It becomes normal. So the first time you may have a a supernatural experience of the Holy Spirit, you're like, wow, what just happened? That's crazy. And then after like a little while, you're like, oh yeah, it's cool. It's normal. It's cool. It's awesome. But you know, it doesn't blow your socks off anymore because the supernatural can become natural. And I think that's the opportunity for you to step into tonight. It's something natural, something that's easy. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be strange. And I think sometimes, depending, again, on your denomination, maybe it was a little bit strange. So I'm sorry about that. It shouldn't be. It should have been normal. It should have been natural. But anyway, we have a chance to set that right. So I want to do that. I want to talk about, I want to ask three questions and then answer three questions. And it's really that simple. The three questions I want to ask are, who is the Holy Spirit? Why is the Holy Spirit here? And what does the Holy Spirit do? Cool? Say preach on. Cool. This is going to work a lot better if you're interactive with me. I'm just saying I need it. I need that kind of energy. Anyway, so I really feel like the Christian life is completely ridiculous. Am I wrong? It's, it's actually kind of stupid, right? Like, it's insane. It doesn't make any sense, right? Like, when you look at a few of the things that Jesus said, love your, enemy, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, if somebody slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek and offer the other one. In what world? Like, there's no, I don't, mm, mm, no, I don't think so. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to seek first a paycheck and try and pay the bills. You know what I mean? Like, there's all of these things that Jesus says that are, like, in completely impossible to live out, right? How, how about forget all of that? How hard was it for some of you to get here tonight? Right? Like, I'm just being real. Like, it's, for some of you, it's probably really hard to come here tonight. Right? For some of you, it's pretty hard to come to church regularly. It's pretty hard to get out of bed. It's pretty hard to go to work and be positive. It's pretty hard to just be positive. You're having troubles in your relationships. All this kind of stuff. Life is impossible, but the Christian life is even more impossible, right? Right? Unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's completely irrational. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I'm so amped to be talking about this with you. Because the power of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit has radically changed my life. And it can for you too. And it can happen right now. It can happen tonight. The Holy Spirit is like, it's a secret sauce to Christianity. Right? The secret sauce. And not the Jesus juice sauce. Like the, the Holy Spirit sauce, you know? And I love it. So no matter where you're at on your growth journey, maybe you actually feel like you're stuck Maybe you've just come to church recently and you've given your life to Jesus and that's amazing and all that kind of stuff and you've been growing and, and you just hit a wall and you're stuck and you feel completely stuck. You're like, why? Like, what is going on? I should be growing. I should be all this kind of stuff. Well, it's probably because you've been doing it in your own strength instead of relying on the power of God to empower you to move forward in your walk in Christianity. Like, I want to be forgiving God, but I just can't. You need the Holy Spirit, right? I want to be positive God, but I just can't. Like, I just cannot see a positive outcome in this situation. You need the Holy Spirit. It's that easy. Okay, so before I get too ahead of myself, let's just pray. You want to pray with me? That'd be cool. Okay, Father God, I thank you so much that we're here together tonight as a family. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here with us. 
And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds to receive from you. And I pray that you would shift our perspective and that you would open us up to new possibilities that we have in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first question, who's the Holy Spirit? We should probably look at some scripture. Scripture's great, so let's do that. Anybody bring their King Jimmy? Let's open it up to First uh, John chapter 5, verse 7. It says, for, these, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Who's the Word? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Some of you are paying attention. Some of you know your Bible. It's cool. Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. The three are one. So I think we can't really talk about the Holy Spirit, and we can't really dive into this without first understanding who he is, and we can't understand who he is if we don't talk about the Trinity. So can I just teach about the Trinity a little bit? So when I first started coming to church, I heard these things like the, the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, what is, what is all this stuff? And then I heard something, oh, you know, it's the Godhead. And I was like, what, the Godhead? What, what is it? <laughs> it's not the God tail? Like, what is, what is that? And, uh, you know, and so, oh, it's the Trinity. It's the Trinity. Now, how many people know that as Christians, we believe in one God, right? Yeah? You know that, right? Okay. One God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then a lot of you are like, that's incoherent. Right? That's, that's actually, you just did three things. And, and it's what, but yeah, no. So, and then a lot of people are like, oh yeah, God is three in one. There you go. Like I explained it for you. And I was like, oh no, I, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not actually super easy to understand, but it kind of is easy to understand. And I found it's better if we look at it instead of just three in one and we just like send people out the door. We need to be able to articulate this as believers. So instead of just saying God is three in one, let's try and shift it. God is one in being and three in persons. One in being, three in persons. Now the next logical question is, what's the difference between a being Okay, you are paying attention. This is great. Okay, cool. What's the difference between a being and a person? Okay, well, we are beings. What kind of beings are we? Well, some of us, for sure. <laughs> Lyndon? I don't know, man. It's crazy. He's just jacked and ripped. And Anyway, we are human beings. That's what we are. But that doesn't really say much about us. It just says that's what we are. So I'm a human being. But I'm also a person. Who am I? I'm Matthew Brooks. Very nice to meet you. Hello. Hi. It happens that I am one being and one person all wrapped into one little ball. A being is what you are. A person is who you are. Now, God's a little bit different. God happens to be one in being, but three in persons. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, well, there's nothing else like that. And you're right. God is alone in that category. There is nothing else like him. And it is a little bit hard for us to get our minds around this idea, but it's really important that he's a one-of-a-kind thing. He's God. He's the creator of the universe. He created everything. So he's one in being and three in persons. So who's the Holy Spirit? Well, he's God. He's God. It's, it's like that simple, right? He's God. He's part of the Trinity. He's a distinct person from Jesus and the Father, but the Three of them together are one. So it's a little bit, it's kind of like hard to get your mind around. It's supposed to be kind of hard to get your mind around. So if you're like, well, I still don't get it, Matt, that's fine. It's all good. Now, there's some difficult passages that come up in the Bible where Jesus says like, well, the Father is greater than I. Well, how can that be, right? Now, the thing about being is like, we are all equal because we're all humans, right? 
We're all equal in our essence. We're all equal in our worth. We're all equal in our value. I'm not better than anybody else, and nobody's better than me. Lyndon's stronger than me, but he's not better than me. He's not worth more than me. Now, God in the three persons are all in the same essence. So one is not better. They're all equal. But in person, they have different roles, right? So these different roles, each one submits to a different one. Like Jesus says, I'm submitted to the Father. So in his role, he takes a lower place. But in his essence, he's equal. He's God. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. Are you guys following me? Is this a little too heavy? Oh, my gosh. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right. Thank you. I will. One in being, three in persons. So when Jesus says, the Father is greater than me, let's think about it this way. Pastor Stephen and I, we're human beings, right? We've figured that part out. We're not, he's not better than me. He's not worth more than me. But he's the pastor of this church, and so I'm submitted to him. So he's greater than me in role, but in being, we're the same. Does that kind of make sense? So that's how God works. That's how I could best describe, describe the Trinity. The Holy Spirit has feelings. He's a person. He's God. He has emotions. He has, he has a will. He communicates. He teaches. He convicts. He, conf- he comforts. He strengthens. He guides. He sustains. He equips, transforms, and ultimately, he points us to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's, that's who he is. And at the beginning, at the beginning of all things, the Holy Spirit was always there. If we look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the very first page of the Bible, the very first chapter and the very first verse of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You've heard this before? What a way to start the story, hey? In the beginning. That's a good start. Because it's the beginning. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the... Oh, right on. Cool. There it is. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, I want to do a little more teaching, and then I'll just kind of preach it. So in the original Hebrew, right, this is what it was written in, the word for God there is Elohim. Now, Elohim is actually kind of a plural. It's actually a plural. There's a lot of words for God in the Bible, and Elohim is kind of a plural. Now, the very next word, created, treats the first word as single, It's weird, and you would think, that is a grammatical error. But no, I think the Bible author knew what he was doing. There's more than one person in God. There's one being, but there's more than one person. So he's saying, God's, it would say, God's created single. So it's like, isn't that cool? Like it's, as you dive into some of these things in the Bible, as you start to peel back the layers, you're like, oh my God, from page one, you were showing us exactly what your nature is. And then the word spirit here, is a Hebrew word uh, that's ruach. Can you say that? You got to kind of cough at the end. Ruach. 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 Now, ruach is a very difficult word to understand, sort of. It's also kind of easy. It's, there's not like one really easy, clear definition. But the way that I like to understand it is it's like wind and energy. And so... Like the wind blue, it's like the ruach blue, right? You can't see it, you can't feel it, but it's this force, it's this energy that does exist. If you breathe in deeply and then put your hand over your mouth and then exhale deeply, everybody do it, please. <gasps> Did you feel that on your hand? That's ruach. And that's what the Bible writers use to describe the Spirit of God. It's this force, it's this energy. And as you were breathing in, the ruach was going in, 
the oxygen, all that is energy that your body is transforming so that you can walk and talk and all that kind of stuff. Isn't that cool, right? That's what the Holy Spirit is, as easy as we can try to understand it. It's not, it's not so easy because you can't just define God, but that's just a, a helpful way that I found. So who's the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? Is a who. He's the Spirit of God. He is God. He's a unique person, and he's raw power and energy. Ruach. Okay, why is he here? Why is he here? I think this, yeah, thank you. I, I would like to tell you, Lyndon, thank you. Um, let's uh, look at some more scripture. John chapter 15, verse 5 to 7. But now I go away to him who sent me. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, I go away to him who sent me. So he's saying, I'm going home to the Father. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. The helper is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, you know, he's... He's about to be crucified. He's about to die. And, uh, and then, you know, resurrected and the whole thing. And he's, he's going to go back to the Father. And he says, it's good that I go. And I'm like, no, Jesus, I feel like it's actually not good that you went. Right? Like, I feel like it would be a lot easier if I could just say, yeah, he's right. Jesus, yeah, he's over there. See? Like, I don't have to convince him. He's literally right there, right? Wouldn't that be a lot easier? Actually, no. Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus was a physical man, right? He could be in one place at one time. Holy Spirit's a little different. He can be all places at all times. That's why he's here. Jesus could accomplish so much more through the power of the Holy Spirit than he could just as one person in one individual place at one time. Right? Oh, it's cool. That's why he's here. It's to our advantage. He'll send the helper. Every single one of us has constant access to the Holy Spirit. Not every one of us could have constant access to the person of Jesus if he was still physical and here with us today. That's pretty good news for us. That's pretty good news. Jesus said that he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. And you're like, well, you went to heaven. Ah, but he hasn't left you. He sent his spirit to be with us. That's how he accomplished that. And the Holy Spirit has two main um, tasks, I guess you could say. Two main tasks. One of them is to glorify Jesus. He always points people to Jesus. Has anybody gotten saved here before? Like, has anybody given their life to Jesus? Yeah, it wasn't because of good preaching. It was because of the Holy Spirit. He was drawing you to Jesus. He was pointing you to Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will come and unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message. So again, there's that submission. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically what is to come. He will glorify me on earth. I'm going to just stop there for the sake of time. That's what he does. He glorifies Jesus. He hears from the Father what he's supposed to say, glorifies Jesus. That's the first thing that he's up to. The second thing is the Holy Spirit empowers us. It, as if it wouldn't be just enough that the Holy Spirit led us to Jesus and the, you know, the Savior of our souls, as if that wasn't enough, but he actually empowers us to do the miraculous. And that's the second thing that he does. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. Somebody say power. And by that I mean everybody. Say power. 
It's so good. When we receive the Holy Spirit, when we welcome him into our hearts, into our lives, to have his way with us, he empowers us to live an internal life of godliness, which is completely impossible, right, by ourselves. And he also empowers us to live an external life of ministry and service to the world, which is also impossible. Has anybody tried to serve somebody and then just got super frustrated because they were annoying? Yeah, all of us. Anybody that's ever served somebody, and like, I got into this with the good intention of helping you, but you are frustrating the heck out of me. Can't say the other word because I'm church. And uh, so he empowers us to live an internal life of godliness, which we cannot do on our own. Like, that's why Jesus came and died for us, because we couldn't be good. Right? That's just our condition, right? But through the empowerment in the Holy Spirit, we can do that. And to love other peoples and to live a life of service, to build the church, we couldn't do that on our own except through the Holy Spirit. Philippians 2.13, God will continually revitalize you, implanting you with a passion to do what pleases him. Christian life's impossible. We get burnt out and we get tired. And if that's you, if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling like, oh, I just have no joy in my life, I'm just frustrated, I'm beaten up, I just, Ugh. Literally, that's what's going on in your heart and in your mind. That's like a warning light on the dash of your car saying that you need, you know, pull over and check the engine oil or something, right? You need an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling any of those things, you need to be filled fresh with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can pick up yourself by your bootstraps or, you know, whatever, and, you know, soldier on. And this totally breaks my mindset, right? Because my mindset tells me that I actually have to get better like I have to, I myself need to be better, right? I need to work harder. I need to have stronger willpower. I need to read my Bible more. I need to memorize it better. I need to take this course. I need to do all these things to make myself right with God, to make myself better before him. But actually Jesus said, no, no, no. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that will work within you to transform you. You don't really have to do anything except say yes and amen. Lord, have your way. It's that simple. So stop trying so hard and just let him into your heart so that he can do his thing. His thing. Why is he here? He's sent by Jesus to be our helper. He's sent to glorify Jesus and point people to him. And he's sent to empower us to live a life that we could never live in the natural. It's this supernatural exchange and partnership that happens. It's so cool. A few years ago, I was um, on my way back from Regina to Calgary, and I just asked Brittany's parents if I could marry her, you know. I don't know why I did that. That was weird. Uh, marry her. Uh, so, I, yeah, anyway, so she didn't know. I drove out there. That was the whole thing. It was cool, and they said yes, which is great, and here we are. We've got a baby, so fantastic. Super fantastic. And uh, anyway, so I was driving in my car, and I'm super spiritual and super holy, so I was listening to worship music. Yeah. <laughs> And I was worshiping, I was singing, which is not pretty, so obviously I was alone. And then as I was worshiping, I just felt like God said, uh, I want you to pray. So I was like, okay, cool, like, what do you want me to pray about? Didn't hear anything. So I started praying in the Spirit, which I'm sure is going to get brought up, you know, at some point in this series, and I'm not really going to tackle it, but it was all shumbity bumbities. And all that kind of stuff, right? It's just praying in the spirit. I was just like letting, like, God, I don't know what to pray about. You know, something like that. And then as I was praying in the spirit, I heard, I want you to pray for this person. 
Okay, so I shift into English mode. God, like, oh, God, I just love this person. I just, he's amazing. Da, da, da. I don't even know what I prayed, honestly. I don't know. And he told me to do that for a few different people. So, okay, sure. So I prayed, like, just intensely. And then I heard him say, okay, now I want you to call them and encourage them. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, I pulled over because, you know, calling and thing and driving, you don't, so. No, okay, fine. I was, it was a highway. There was no cars. I looked at my phone. I, I am not fully sanctified yet, people. Give me a break. You guys are so critical. This, yeah, I'm a firefighter, by the way, so don't do that. Um, and uh, so I, I call one after another. I call, and this one guy, I just... I just encourage them. I don't, again, I don't know what I said, but it would have been something like this because I kind of just say this, and I mean it, but it's just something I say. It's just like, man, I love you. I just wanted to tell you I love you. And I just felt like God wanted me to tell you that he loves you and that he's proud of you. And I, just, I don't know, like, yeah, I just I feel really strongly I just need to tell you that. And he was like, yeah, cool, man. Sweet. Okay, thanks. Talk to you later. And I didn't think about it again. That was it. You know, it's just you pray for people sometimes, but that was the, the, the Holy Spirit urging me to pray and then urging me to encourage somebody. So I just did it. So this friend, one of them, uh, goes on a missions trip overseas and has gone for like six months or a year or something like that. I can't remember. And anyways, he comes back and we went out for a beer. No, not beer. No, it was a beer. We're in church, but it was a beer. I went, we went out for a beer. And uh, I'm, again, I'm not super holy, so it's cool. Um, yeah, how dare I? <laughs> so we went out for beer just to catch up, and I was like, man, that is so cool. Like, I'm so glad you decided to do that. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I never told you what happened, did I? And I was like, no, no, no didn't. That's pretty vague, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, you've told me things that have happened, but not anything specific. And he's like, no, that, that time. And I was like, that time? Like, I, I didn't even, like, honestly, I didn't remember that I even had called him, but it was, he's talking about that phone call. I was like, okay, cool. What, tell me about it. And he's like, literally the moment that you called me, I had a gun and I was sitting in my room thinking of reasons not to kill myself. And just as I was about to, you called and hearing you say that you love me and that God loves me and he's proud of me, I put it down. And that's not me, right? The timing of that is not me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working through people to save a life. That, to me, is the miracle that I just got to be a part of. I was a mouthpiece at best. I'm telling you, we need this in our life. How many people in your world need a prayer and a phone call out of the blue? Okay, so that's, that's why he's here, right? He points us to Jesus. He, he empowers us to do incredible things. But what does that look like? Like, what exactly does he do in us? And I don't know. It's super spiritual and just, you know... It's, okay, but there's actually a simple answer. The simple thing that he does in us is what the Bible calls producing fruit. Now, to people that have never been in church, you're like, what? Fruit? Producing fruit? Like, on an orchard? He's going to make me into an orchardist or whatever they call those people? 
And the answer is yes, in a way. So the Bible uses illustrations like farming and, you know, sowing seeds and planting seeds and growing trees and all this kind of stuff to illustrate what actually happens in our hearts in a spiritual way. And if we look in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, and I love it in the Passion Translation the way they word it. And it says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. That's the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces inside you. Isn't that amazing? How many people need one of those things? Yeah, I need all of them. I can't believe you just want one. Like, I need all of them every single day. Larger and larger watermelons, God, please. How many fruit are in that list? Can we get it back up? Oh, it's not super helpful. Uh, Eight-ish? Yeah, wrong. One. The fruit of the Spirit. All of those things are a package deal. It's the fruit all together in one. If you're not experiencing all of those things, you don't have the fruit of the Spirit yet. But fruit does take time. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, hey, you're, you're not doing it right. What I'm saying is you need more. Like God's not limited, and you need more of him. You need more of the Holy Spirit. You need more fruit in your life. Like, why not? I want more joy, patience. Patience? <laughs> it's like a peach, and it's shins. Um... I need patience, kind, I need all, I just, I need more. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for my best life. And you should be too, right? Like, why not? More joy? Come on, sign me up. It's a package deal. And I think it's an indicator, if you're not experiencing one of those things, that you just need to like, God, I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more fruit. It's just like this easy little shift in your mind, in your heart. You're like, okay, God, I, I'm not experiencing patience because I'm frustrated because this guy cut me off. I need the fruit of the Spirit. Come on. Our greatest need in life, our greatest need in life is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Our greatest need as Christians, as the church, is a Spirit-filled church, a Spirit-empowered church. Now, there's a lot of other things that we could talk about, right? Like, this is a pretty big category, like, there's a lot of gifts of the Spirit, right? There's, there's lots that we could go down. And I know that through this series over the next little bit, you're going to experience a lot of different things. But again, this is just an intro. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's God. He's a person, an actual individual, right? What does he do? He empowers us and he points us to Jesus. He produces fruit in our life so that we can walk out our best life ever, our best life ever. Like I said, it's the greatest need that we have. The life of a Christian is impossible. Life is darn impossible. Life of the Christian is fully impossible, right? And for, yeah, forget all of that. Because, look, for, if you're not experiencing it fully, it's not because you're necessarily doing anything wrong, right? So I want to be very clear. Like, oh, I'm kind of an angry person. But I love God, so hmm, shame on me. No, it's not about that. Fruit takes time to develop and grow before it's ripe so you can eat it, right? Has anybody had, you know, a pear? I actually don't like pear. That's a bad example. Um, has anybody had a grapefruit that wasn't ripe? It's awful, right? It was picked before it was ready, right? So the, the fruit takes time to grow in your life, okay? 
So going back to the kind of the planting the seed thing. So you plant a seed. That's great. Then you've got to water it, right? You've got to get sunlight, and you've got to, like, trim the branches or whatever, you know, all kind of stuff. There's a relationship that the gardener has with the fruit. It, and it's a relationship that has a daily rhythm. You know, like water it once a month, right? No, it's like this daily routine of watering and taking care of it. And the Holy Spirit's trying to do that with you, but he doesn't force himself on you. You got to ask, like, God, Holy Spirit, like, I need you to come on me and develop some fruit. I need to be filled fresh. Uh, I was going to tell another story, but I got three minutes and 30 seconds. Do it? Gnarly. This one's actually, I forgot to ask Britt's permission. And, uh, oh, you should see the look on her face. (laughs) It's not that bad. So Britt was out having coffee with somebody, uh, a girl in her connect group, and this was a long time ago. And and this person was kind of adamant about going out for a coffee. And So anyways, yeah, Britt does, yeah, hey, nice to meet you. Hi, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah how you doing, how's things, and she didn't know this person very well at first, and so she sits down for the coffee, and this person tells her something that's like, mind-blowing, like, you can't believe you just shared that with me, I wasn't ready. She was telling Brittany that she was raped, and she just, Brittany was just getting to know this person, all of a sudden, this bomb got dropped on her, like, I don't know what to do with that, when somebody tells you something like that, and you don't know them super well yet, you're just like, wow, thank you for sharing that and trusting me. Now what do I say? So she'd gone on to tell a story that she was, you know, in some tropical place and, you know, she was at the beach and she got raped. It was this terrible thing and there was this, all this shame attached to her. All this pain and all this guilt, you know. And she was the one that was raped. She, she was raped. How insane is that? But, but that's what happens is shame comes on you. And so Britt, I think, just prayed and, you know, and she's like in the spirit and she's like, God, help me. And, and God said to her something to the effect of like, tell her that no matter what, it was not your fault. Even if you were naked, it was not your fault. And so, okay. Uh, so she told her, and she's crying. She's bawling. What did I do? Did I say the wrong thing? Well, it turns out that she was actually at the beach with a friend at night, and they were skinny dipping, something like that. And these people came by, and, and that's when it happened. And so she felt like, well, I put myself in this horrible situation. It's my fault. And God's like, no, actually, it wasn't your fault, no matter what, even if you were naked. He just dropped this word of knowledge into Brittany's heart to speak into her, and shame began to break. And that's, that's what walking in the Spirit does. It supernaturally gives us abilities to see and, and have discernment that you wouldn't on your own so that you can change people's lives, so that you can change your own life. When you have an encounter, a supernatural encounter, even like that, it's, that's a miracle. And, and, and there are greater miracles that will happen. That's just kind of like a, you know, level one. There are crazy healings and all kinds of demon possession, casting out demons and all that kind of stuff that comes attached and walking in the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you, it's those types of things that make the biggest impact. And so tonight, if uh, I could have the band back up or at least the keys, the keys have the anointing, you know? Holy Spirit, come. Drums totally do, dude. (laughs) Love you, Ian. (laughs) But it's definitely in the keys. (laughs) Okay, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Oh, there it is.
Now, I hope that as I've been talking that you're, you're feeling like this hunger building up and you're realizing that you have a need and you don't fully understand what it looks like and you, all that kind of stuff. But look, if you need some patience, if you need peace, if you need joy, if you need strength, energy for what you're going through, it's available for you tonight. It's available right now. And it's not weird, and it's not strange, and it's not goofy. It's not, you know, where I'm not going to come down and, like, pour oil all over your head. And, you know, like, and sometimes Christians have had that experience, right? And I'm sorry. That's not what's going to happen tonight. It's so gentle. It's so easy. But it's life-changing. It's miraculous. It's empowering. Now, just as I go over time a little bit, I've come to understand that there's basically kind of like three outpourings of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to explain some of those to you really quickly, and then I want to invite you to respond. So the first is if you've actually never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's like level one. That's like when you gave your life to Jesus, you had access, but you need to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's when the Holy Spirit kind of indwells in you and you're aware of it for the first time, part one. The second is, a, is like a refilling, right? It's not enough to go to the well one time, have a drink. I'm not thirsty forever now. No, I constantly need to go back to that well of the Holy Spirit to be filled fresh, to get that fresh outpouring of His power and His grace and His energy. Because that's what it is, is raw energy. And that's just turning to God every day. We don't have to pray about it here tonight. If you've had the baptism in the Holy Spirit before, you could go home and do it. You just say, God, fill me fresh. It's that easy. Just turn your heart to God. That's all it is. He will never not do that for you. The last is an anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, anointing comes for a very specific period of time, and it's for a very specific reason that has to do with building the church or a purpose that God has put on your life. Some of you might feel in this place tonight that you're stepping into a new season, but you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to do the thing that God has called me to do. You need an anointing. You need a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit and power. Would you all stand with me? So in a second, I'm going I'm to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith and respond. Now, there is one prerequisite to all of these other things, and that's that you're born again. You, can't, you don't really have the access to this until you've given your life to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you have never given your life to Jesus before, and you're feeling like, God, it's, I hear you calling me home. I hear you calling, you're tugging on my heart and I don't fully understand what it is, but I feel like I need to respond. I'm not even gonna ask you to get out of your seat. If that's you in this place tonight, I want you to just lift your hand so I can see it. And you're actually not lifting your hand to me, you're lifting it to God. Every act of faith requires a corresponding action. So if that's you and you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never received salvation, you've never known that your eternity is set, and that's you. Can you lay, raise your hand for me so that I can see and recognize you? And I just want to pray generally for everybody. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at c3ev.ca. See you next week.